0: The, Doxt, the podcast.
1: Well, welcome, Shadow, and thank you for <laughs> thank you for <laughs> coming to us. I'm particularly excited to hear what you have to say about all of this because you've been watching it from the beginning, I think. I mean, at least from the beginning of when things really started to kick up into some dramatic uh, tornado <laughs> sort of thing. So I'm very interested to hear what how you even learned about this in the first place and sort of where you came on board, I guess.
2: Um yeah, I used to be mutuals with Allie under a different account. Um I was a, like a huge follower of hers. And, you know, um I kind of like took a break from paying attention to TikTok. And then um, you know, it's just kind of like I was like, what is Allie doing? I noticed that they were discussing a deceased person. And it really shocked me that once I came back, like they were all up in this stuff and it was getting way out of control. And I noticed that the fights were not just between her normal people. It was between like her mutuals, everybody. And it was just like, yeah, it was getting really toxic and way out of control. And um, she couldn't handle any constructive criticism.
1: Yeah. Did you ever try to give her constructive criticism in the comments at any point? Do you remember? Or you just sort yes. of Yes. And she told me, go away. But she didn't block you. But she was definitely blocking people later on, even fans, I think, right?
2: Yeah. I found that Ali doesn't block people that she argues with. She'll keep the argument going. But like if you're just a person like on her live that doesn't like her, she doesn't really know you or anything, like she'll block you. But she won't block Alex T. She won't block other people that she's been arguing with for over a year, you know, but,
1: um, because she wants to keep it going. What kind of a time period would you say that was happening in that was like what early January?
2: Yeah. Because, um, like I said, I, I started my, my job. And so I was, you know, really paying attention to that. And that was like around October through December. And then, yeah, I hopped back online, you know, around January. I said, what the F is going on? Yeah. So yeah, it was like till January till now. So it's like, what, like a three-month, two-and-a-half-month span.
1: Yeah. And I think you said that you ended up watching my YouTube video that I made about it, which was around the 17th. But I don't know if you watched it right away, because it feels to me like initially you were more maybe on the true crime side of things, or was I misunderstanding that?
2: Yeah, I actually, I have never participated. If Allie had beef with someone, like if she started beefing hard with a creator, I never participated in it. I would just kind of like, check out. Like, you know how, like, you just kind of go, I'm not paying attention to that. Like I'll pay attention when they come back around and they discuss something else. So I never really like paid attention to the back and forth. I knew of the names that Allie would discuss, like only a couple. And it wasn't until later that, yeah, I'm like, why the F is Allie discussing a missing person? I think someone leaked the missing person's name. I went and did a quick internet scan. I was like, I'm looking this up. Like, why is Allie discussing a missing person in this manner? And I thought it was highly unethical. I thought it was highly disrespectful um, once I looked it up. And that's when I got involved. And I was like, what are you doing? At this point on this TikTok account, I wasn't her mutual anymore. So she might have not recognized me. She might have. I don't really know. She told me to go away. Um, I tagged her even when I tried to respond to her like, hey, like, you need to stop. And people, that's when people were started warning me, like, "Hey, she's gonna attack you." And then, yeah, then I came across your video, um, and watched it. And I feel like your video really helped me understand like the timeline of other things that were going on on the internet that I had no idea of. Because I think most people who watch Allie just watch, and they have no idea what else is going on and transpiring here, or there in the comment section and et cetera, et cetera, in messages. And nobody knows that. We just watch the video, we take our word for it, and we scroll because it's TikTok.
3: When did you <laughs> initially, initially see the leak of P's real name? When did that happen?
2: I think it was, God, I can't exactly remember, but I know it was towards the end of January. Like I didn't, ha- I was late. Like everyone kept like saying in my comments, you're late, you're late. This is old news, da, da, da. And I was like, the last person coming into it because you know I was doing other things in my life. But because I like looking into missing persons, cases, and
3: true crime,
2: once I found out exactly what Allie was talking about, I was like, what the F are they doing?
3: You know, um did yeah, you get- I never deleted my video with P's name.
2: It I don't think I comment. I don't think I saw it. I don't think I saw it then from you because I think I saw it from somewhere else. It was a poster. They posted the poster.
1: Okay.
3: I never posted the poster in any of my content, but a big part of the hate train against me is that I doxed P. So I would when Uh you said that you saw that her name was leaked, I was like, hmm, who did you hear
2: that from? No, I actually, I could not figure out who you were. Like she kept mentioning Roxy and I was like, who's Roxy? Like, I was like, I I could not figure out who you were for the longest, but, um, but yeah, like, I think I saw it on someone else's TikTok. I don't think they were a big creator, but they were also invested in like who's P and they posted the poster connected to like Allie and Allie starts a cult hashtag. And
1: Do you think that was the creator, Witch Rose, or do you think that was before Witch Rose talked about it?
2: It might have been, but the video was up and then it was gone like that because I tried to go back to it and it was gone.
1: And so I think you were actually the one that I talked to when I was first coming out of my kind of initial week of hell of all of this and trying to get a sense of what even was happening. And I was being really careful not to say anything publicly about P because it already felt like whatever I had tried to say had been you know, just stirring the pot and a problem. But I was on the back end, really concerned about this person because uh, it was more and more apparent that something very, I guess, hinky is the word, had happened. Uh, yeah. You know the how how it rolled out even before the even before I ever talked to Roxy. You know, clearly something was hinky about that, and I think I suspected something weird around it as soon as she said anything about collecting money from her followers. And, um, so I think I, uh, reached out to you or got connected to you just a couple days after I released my YouTube video, if I remember, and we were DMing and you were really, really helpful with the timeline of events because there was a little bit of confusion around the exact days things were happening. I think that was because, uh, her family was out of state. Her friends were in state searching for her. And then Ali received this kind of, uh, private, this comment on the 10th from a friend and then Allie just took off. And so there was a little bit of confusion early on kind of just trying to sort that out and you were so helpful with that. So I kind of wonder if <laughs> you could lay that out for us now too because I think it's important.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, Allie, uh, you know, she came out with all of her info, it seems like publicly around the 10th and pretty much every missing person's case, this kind of happens where people either a spread rumors, somebody messages somebody and it gets way out of hand or, you know, it just turns into this whole like theories, discussion, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And it ends up, what ends up happening is it hurts family members. Um, Yeah. And I think the big confusion was how Jessica was never, once she was found, they never updated her poster where it just says found on it. They normally, when someone gets found, they update that immediately and they didn't do that. So it got confusing because, excuse me, their next post about P was that, you know, they're having a vigil, but sometimes I know vigil normally is for someone who has passed away, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes they will have a vigil for someone who's missing just, you know, to hold memory for them and pray for them together. And then they're going to go search. So I've seen that too. But yeah, they had a vigil. And then the it was confusing because in the post, they're saying, well, we got a phone call today that she was found. But then we had another phone call that it wasn't her. And you're like thinking under this vigil poster, like, well, was she found or was she not? And it was very confusing. And yeah, the friends are not the first that, you know, police are going to contact. So they're going to get secondhand information passed down the wire when they get it. But yeah, she was found, actually, a lot of people say the 8th, but she was found the 4th. So she wasn't missing very long. Um, she went missing on on January uh, 1st, shortly after midnight, New Year's Eve, so New Year's Day. She wandered off. She left the house. Um, allegedly, she had no phone, no keys. And then she was shortly found, maybe three days later, or four days later, um, at Fairfax Park in Colorado. But... Yeah. And it's, it's very sad. It's always leaves people questioning, wondering. Um, Yeah. And then I guess somebody anonymously, stranger danger, reached out to Allie and Allie started a campaign for P. Um, Was it appropriate? I don't think so. And I absolutely think that's why Allie used an acronym name, because if, if she would have used her full name, let me tell you something the family they're always looking up their loved one and everything that's online every day because that's their torment and that's like what they go through you know they want to see what's being said and trust me they would have came for her they would have checked her so quick it happens every time
1: yeah and all everything just to clarify everything you've said is already completely public info it's all available yeah. online And I do think it's, it seems incredibly disrespectful to contact the family uh, without being centrally in the situation involved in whatever happened and actually knowing some sort of real world information. I think, I think that some people did contact the family. um, Oh my goodness. I did not. And I don't, none of the people that I like associated with did. And I thought that was terrible. And um yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know even how to address something like this in a respectful way, because I I think I tried, but also any, any mention of any of it on a platform is just kind of, uh, it's tainted in some way, but yet there's Allie just in front of everyone in the first place, blasting this poor person. And um, you want to defend her or you want to help so that there's not so much blowback on the family, but I don't know, maybe the best thing is to just leave it lie or to just not, certainly trying to not sensationalize it. I don't know, do you have thoughts about how to talk publicly about true crime things in ways that are ethical or sensitive? Or I
2: think uh, really when you're talking about someone that's deceased, it's going to get sensitive no matter what. Um, if you're going to do a true crime channel, um, you do have to be careful because stranger danger, um, especially for people who choose to, post content about unsolved mysteries. So when it's an unsolved mystery, you never know who's watching. The suspect could be watching. Um you know what I mean? You never know who's contacting you. And that's when it gets dangerous. You know, and how emotionally invested you have to ask yourself, how committed are you to this content and to post this story? And do you want to post this story? Does it feel too dangerous? If it does, don't post it. I've had people and, and stories from other true crime uh, content YouTubers tell me they posted a case and they got threats from people who were a, a suspect in a case file to take the video down that they'll kill them. So it gets really crazy. And I don't think enough true a true crime content creators talk about it, that it is dangerous to do so. Also when it comes to hurting family members, if you're gonna post on something, make sure that you have all your facts in line. And if you're gonna post a theory or you're not sure about something, just say it. Say, I'm not actually sure about this, but then just leave it at that. Don't post your theories. It's extremely rude. Keep your theories private. If you think someone passed away because they have psychosis, if you think they passed away because because their their boyfriend killed them whatever you know what I mean keep it in a private dialogue do not talk about it online it doesn't need to be said it doesn't you know it's not like Allie was trying to help find this person they were already passed away so I just think you know like for example if 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 someone made a video about my uncle Mike committing suicide I would be upset. I'd be like, who the F is talking about my uncle Mike, you know, and his addiction, you know, like you don't know him. So it it can, it can get really disrespectful. Um, There are times where family members will contact you if you're a true crime content creator um, on any platform. And if so, and if they ask you to take something down, you should do it. And that's just the end of that. You know, not everything has to be content. It just doesn't and that's just point blank.
3: I think there's a few people on Allie's side of things that didn't really understand the gravity of what you're talking about in terms of speaking on people that have passed and like conspiracy theories and completely forgetting the fact that they they once lived, they have loved ones that are mourning them. It's serious. I think people were very focused on the sensation of it all and the the TikTok drama of it all. Um, I want to touch on, it was mentioned that people did reach out to Jessica's family directly. And one thing that was kind of surprising to me was the selective outrage about that. I was blamed and accused of reaching out to Jessica's family, which never happened. I never did that. And in the series that I made trying to clear things up on what I thought happened with Ali and mentioning P in the first place. One of the main things I said was do not disturb this woman's family. They are mourning her. Don't dig into it just for TikTok drama, because a lot of what's out there is just searchable without, without having to contact anyone and people, I don't think really considered the danger of digging into a story like this without really knowing what the cause of death was, if someone was actually behind it. Um, I think it's really important for people to step back from the drama of it all and realize that there are real, real people and real danger that can come from digging into it.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're absolutely 100% right. And I would say that's definitely a problem I've seen um escalate on social media, just period. As we progress and having social media in our lives, people become more desensitized to that's not real, right? How many times have you seen an actual crime committed right there on TikTok, a video is posted? And everybody's like, that's not real. That's fake blood. And then the news story will pop up. So and so killed her sister. You know what I mean? So And then everyone was in the comments. So like, it's not real. It's not real. It's just for TikTok. That's a problem with us. You know, that we think that everything is fake for social media. Everything isn't fake. And we have to stop thinking like that. And of course, when it comes to loved ones that get disrespected, we see it time and time again. Look what, look what, with Netflix, Dahmer, people were thirst trapping Dahmer. That's how my last account got banned. I called out another creator for thirst trapping Dahmer. And uh, man, they they came in on me. They mass reported me, told me what they were doing was art. I was like, it's never art to reenact a dismemberment that really happened with mannequin parts. And um, nobody, everyone disagreed with me on TikTok because they were too consumed with the entertainment. And hey, you know, uh, I mean, they thirst trapped Richard Ramirez, you know, and and there's something... There's something going on here with all of us. So, well, yeah, if you see something, say something. And that's all I can say about that. And I, too, was accused of contacting Peace Family twice um, and one by Ali themselves on a burner. And I never contacted. There's no reason to contact Pease Family. And like you said, everything is public information. It's easily found. It's a quick scan on the Internet. And if you have a question you can normally ask right under her missing persons poster and get clarity. So it's really simple.
1: Yeah. I really appreciate that insight. And I want to, I want to ask you who would you say to report something to, I guess in different situations in this situation. um, Yeah. If, if you
2: need to report something, are you talking about like reporting? Like if you find something online, that's suspicious, like yeah, pertaining like to a that, missing person
1: or. Say that you do come up with some theory and you're like, this is the golden theory. I solved it. Um, or even you've noticed something. Um, like for example, I think the timeline was weird and and people were kind of questioning what was going on and whether people were lying. And part of the reason was because uh, Natalie, I think in defending me said something like Ali should have reported this because she may not have even been dead. And people were like, well, she was dead. So we caught you in a lie. And that's just like a whole unnecessary mess. But really even so, regardless of how the timeline worked out the account that contacted Ali was weird and suspicious. And probably Allie should have contacted what the police and it still would have helped a lot more than her blasting it all over online. So I guess my question is like, where would Allie call or where would somebody call if they're watching Allie's channel and notice that something suspicious is happening or if they have a theory?
2: Yeah, um, well, at the time when Allie, you always wanna follow whatever their poster says or their online information. If they're still missing, you call the tip line. Um, and you can normally tip it in anonymously or you can tip it in with your identity. It doesn't matter. Um, it's however you feel. Some places have like a, an online app where you can virtually just type in your tip. Um, it really depends on the state, the, 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 if they're, if it's crime stoppers, you know, doing the tips, if it's the police station. It really depends on each poster, um, uh, what's happening there. But uh, if the person's no longer missing and they're found, your next step is, okay, is this investigation still going on or is it closed out? And how vital is this information? Do you feel like the police would already know? Because nine times out of 10, law enforcement already knows They just don't say anything. It's not for public information. They've already checked their phone. They've already checked their computer history they've gone through everything. Yes, they do make mistakes. Yes, they do miss things. Um, So that's when you have to kind of like weigh it out. Is this vital info and could it help somebody? And if so, do you have all the information, links, screenshots to back it up so law enforcement can go right to that place on the internet that you saw that um, and return to it and take a look and decide if it's important or not? If you absolutely 100% believe that you're sitting on something It's better just to tip it in, call the investigating agency, ask if the case is still open, who the detective is, and then ask to talk to them about so-and-so, and then leave a voicemail. They normally call you back. It can take up to a week, sometimes even longer. I've tipped something into the FBI before, and it took a month for them to contact me back. And they're also not obligated to talk to you afterwards. So you can tip something in. They don't have to call you back. They don't have to talk to you and they don't ever have to confirm that your tip was important or not. And that's something too, that you kind of have to like, well, I tipped it in, I did my best and that's it. Um, I've tipped multiple things in different ways. Um, but, uh, always follow whatever's going on with the case. So whatever's going on with the case, that's what you want to do.
1: I also want to ask about the coroner's report. I think that was another thing that was sort of uh, questionably, questionable ethically about sort of presuming a cause of death when I don't really have a background in any of this kind of true crime side of things, but you were helpful in helping me understand that that, to, to what I understood you were saying, was that the coroner's report is really the thing that tells you in in the official way, and that, you know, we may never even get the coroner's report, But but I don't think that as of now it is out yet, so we do not know an official kind of cause of death and it's really not even worth speculating publicly at this point about what the cause of death was, whether it was uh, suicide or murder. Is that all, is that all right?
2: Right. Um, it, you know, cause of death, it's private, you know, it's very private. That's the most sensitive information. Um, and family can request that it never be released. And I'm pretty sure that this is, that's where this is going to go. Now, Justice of Flight, which was the search uh, organization party that was assisting and searching for P, they stated that, oh, everything's going to be released. They don't even know that. You know, they, they could say that. Now, one of the things that struck me as odd when it came to P and just their information was the types of commentary that I would get that were very abnormal compared to anybody else I've ever posted on. When it came to a missing person, normally, well, now they're found, they're no longer missing, but normally you don't get that kind of commentary. And it was a lot of weird messages I would get about their body and stuff like that. And arguing with me when all I did was say like, Hey, update, I found out that they were found the Um, And then I would just get people spamming, you know, my DMS arguing with me about stuff like, Oh, they were found the eighth they're so-and-so it's, and you know, I'm not even going to say it because it's so disrespectful. Um, And all I could think about in my head, when people would say this to me, I would say, I would literally ask them, well, who are you? And they would never tell me. And then I would ask, they would say disrespectful things about their mom, um, all types of stuff. And, and I would say, well, why would you say that about their mother? Who are you to say that? And I would argue back with them. And, or I would say, how do you know that? Were you there? You know, like and they were, well, I've talked to the family. And I'm and that's when I would go, Well, who are you? And then they would never tell me. And they would tell me to talk to Brittany from Justice of Flight. And I said, Yeah, I talked to Brittany. You know, and they said, Well, message, message her again. They would always argue with, and I found it just so strange. Very strange. And I don't know what it was about, but I've never received messages like that over any missing person's case ever it was weird it was wild and I said what the heck um and I think even you got some weird commentary uh in your comments over it too where it was like
1: it was kind of creepy
2: it's creepy absolutely it was
1: creepy yeah I engaged with (laughs) um I don't know maybe you're not comfortable or are you comfortable like saying some of those specific handles or accounts or maybe I don't know whether it's better to just leave them on the floor but there were some specific ones that I went back and forth with too, who seemed strangely angry over the idea that we were lying about this death, which just doesn't make any sense. I mean, Roxy and I connected, and on a phone call, we looked into this not ex- not extensively in any kind of like, you know, we we clicked into this link onto this YouTube video, which was the basis for. Uh, I guess that's what Ali also watched that kind of convinced her of what her opinion of what was happening was. And we pretty immediately saw some of these comments underneath that were saying things like, We miss you and we're waiting, we're hoping you'll come home. We care about you. And the conversation was basically, Well, wait. Ali had said that nobody in the world, or, or not even just Ali, but this commenter, whoever had messaged her, had said that. Nobody in the world cared about this person except for the commenter who was the fr- who was her friend, her only friend and connection. But here we're seeing all these friends who care about her, some whole community, and then even family commenting. And so that was really, yeah. racist, I think, for for you, Roxy, to kind of say, "Well, wait, this isn't just a situation where you know my friend was horrible to me, very abusive toward me in this conversation you had, had but also what is this entire." Like that was the part that I think struck us at the time as a, as a big reason to come out and say something about it. Yeah, that was
3: the first inconsistency. It was that Jessica was alone in the world. And the first thing I noticed was that was absolutely not true. And Ali had also said that Jessica had no social media presence and she had a huge social media presence across yeah. multiple yeah. platforms, multiple accounts.
1: Yeah. And a successful business and clearly a community rallying around to, to hope that she was okay and even search for her. And then also family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, you know, they might not have been close, but they were, they were not like, they were not like, it seemed like they were going to be in contact soon enough. And it was weird. It was weird of whoever assumed that, that she had nobody that was and not, it, it seemed like more
3: than it. an assumption. Because even like looking at Jessica's social media, she was very open about like the day to day happenings in her life and where she was emotionally. And she expressed desire to reconnect with her family. She expressed everything that was going on in her relationship. She's very open about all of it.
2: Yeah, I, I was um we were discussing that the other night that she was making plans to visit family. She was and she was very lucid about where she was in her life. And that doesn't seem like somebody who's in active psychosis. If you ask me, Um, they're not that lucid, you know, and they're not, you know, they're not, I've been in psychosis myself. I'm, you know, you're not able to sometimes describe what like that. And she was very descriptive about what was going on. And the only person do I dare say that maybe was isolating Jessica was their toxic relationship, um, with her ex and, you know, and it's, it's noted that, you know, they were in a complex relationship, which is none of our business, but it existed, you know? So we don't know what happened, the ins and outs, the intimates of there, but there was issues there. So, um, and it's, it's sad that it's come to an end like this and we don't know what happened. Nobody knows what happened, but, yeah I mean clearly there were people in Jessica's life every day
1: yeah and I think another important point about just again like all the kind of stuff she was publicly publicly sharing was that I think regardless of whatever happened I don't get the sense that she would have and she would have liked for the focus to be around how her spirituality had harmed her because it seemed to me like it was something that she loved about herself and some sort of like hope and some sort of place where she found comfort and even uh, some level of community. And it just seems so sad that like, even if it was something that was hurting her, I think if it was me, I wouldn't want that just, you know, I wouldn't want that to be the center of my story there. And the way that it was told, I think, I don't know. Yeah,
2: and it, it, to me, from my perspective, as someone who's been through a lot of uh, hard things in my life, and, you know, I'm a human trafficking survivor, uh, people use spirituality to help them process. You know, once you've been through something horrible, a lot of people, you're going to turn to creator, you're going to turn to God, or whatever you believe in, whatever's there, whatever you discover to try to lift you back up, you need some kind of motivation. And it doesn't always lead to spiritual psychosis just because uh Laura Faye might be motivating you to have a better day you know so um I think it's just uh yeah I think it is like disrespectful like I said if why would I want someone talking about my uncle Mike online who committed suicide and all of his spiritual beliefs no like you know so it's like it's personal And, you know, it's just not the way to go about things. And I don't think that there was anything wrong with what they believed in. And I don't, like I said, I personally, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a psychiatrist. But for Allie to take one nine-minute and like 53-second video on YouTube and diagnose them, that's a little much. That's extremely concerning. And even for the friend, for them to take Oh, they watch Laura Fay and diagnose them like, "Let's calm down, okay?" <laughs> like, seriously, mm-hmm. um, I, I just, I think it's, it's not right. I wouldn't dare ever say I know exactly what Jessica was thinking that night. I mean, how could we?
1: Yeah, and I wish there was. I mean, I wish there was a better way to just hold space for her because that entire thing was so disrespectful to somebody who i don't think deserved that at all but is what it is so yeah. thank you for helping us clarify all of that because i think a lot of that was really important to just sort of lay out on the table i guess because all of it ended up becoming kind of the foundation for a lot of the drama farming that that proceeded out of the initial event of it
2: yeah because i mean Ali went on a rampage and was calling everyone was saying they have blood on their hands. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Like,
1: Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah, it was a time. I think one of the saddest things about this whole situation was the way uh, Jessica's video was kind of leveraged and spun and used. And even I was pulled into that watching it, believing the story that was framed around her passing like something, it yeah. looked like something was up. It sounded like something was up with her. And knowing what I know now, it it just seemed like she just needed friends. She needed people to vent to. So she turned to YouTube and it it's upsetting that that video was used to diagnose her with psychosis instead of saying she was just having a rough time. Like maybe her friends could have rallied around her instead of I don't know. Sending it to Allie. (laughs) Yeah. that's just not the right move at all.
2: Yeah. And, you know, uh, I'll, I'll give them this, you know, everybody grieves differently and sometimes in grief, people do weird stuff. Um, (laughs) I'm guilty of it. (laughs) So, but yeah. And what does that look like now in 2023? But yeah, I mean, when, when I watch that video now, knowing what we know, I agree. There is something, it is concerning. It does seem like a cry for help for anyone to, to talk to them, but is it spiritual psychosis as Allie would call it? I don't know, you know, cause I'm not them, but what I can say is, yeah, it's, it's all very sad. And, um, you know, I wish Jessica had more resources to step in or something, you know what I mean? but everything it's happened and, and I wish Allie never did what they did because there's one thing I'll say about Allie is it seemed like in the beginning, everyone did like Allie, you know, but Allie would do certain things that would cross lines. And this is one of them. And I think this is the hardest line she's crossed. And, uh, and that's what I was, I was trying to point that out to her on TikTok and say like, Hey, you don't cross these lines. Like you say, you have morals and ethics, but this is a line that you've taken it too far. And if you thought the internet wasn't gonna find out, they were. Like, stop messing with the the people of the
1: internet. Yeah, and I think uh, your point about resources is so important, and even keeping in mind that, again, just from her internet history, she had faced bullying, online bullying. And also that she self-identified as autistic, uh, among other things that would put her in marginalized categories that would make her very vulnerable to, you know, mental health issues as a result of being bullied online, which it sounds like happened to her more than just in one incident. Like it sounds like it was, she experienced repeatedly in her life, despite having a successful business and, um, trying anyway, but uh, the, there's a kind of a lack of resources around that, around adult bullying. And yeah, I think it can be really a dangerous uh, landscape when people are vulnerable in, in multiple ways like that. And she was vulnerable. She was she was uh, vulnerable, it sounds like, in in several different ways. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. Don't mess with the internet when, thing, when things <laughs> come up like this. And so, yeah, we <laughs> kind of rallied, didn't we? Proceeded don't miss
2: with the internet we'll thirst trap your dad <laughs> I'm
1: gonna go right there right there because why because she put her dad in her videos Allie put her own dad in her videos and you know going back to this troll thing I'm just now realizing I can't believe I was kind of so slow on the uptake that some of those comments there was a time in there where she was kind of like oh it's like I, amw is all these stalker accounts and i was kind of sitting back like i'm definitely not so that's kind of funny that you're threatening all this legal action about how i'm the stalker accounts when i'm not now i'm looking at it again and some of these uh screenshots i was grabbing of just like weird comments flying through at the time and then i never did anything with they've just been sitting on my phone now that i'm clearing stuff out and starting to kind of process this now that it's like a time beyond <laughs> um you know, some of those screenshots, I'm going back to those comments that she was accusing them of being stalker, me stalking her. And I'm realizing that they were trolls, but they were intentionally goading her to react to me and to think that it was me so that the drama farming would continue. And uh, I mean, that was an entire interesting part of this too, was just that I think that some of this bullying stuff ultimately was kicking back like like her behavior was inappropriate with around surrounding the death situation and I would say surrounding how she behaved toward me how she behaved toward like Ashley Miller before me and and different people to varying degrees on a kind of spectrum of like do I need to be called out for something here you know um ranging from yes this person is I would agree dangerous to this person has not said anything harmful and you're just putting words in their mouth, which I I think I fall into that category. But, you know, so she's done some dangerous things, but regardless, it seems like there were trolls in this from the very beginning who intentionally wanted to bully not only us, but also Allie. And people that I think even were kind of disguised or acting as agents of Allie in the beginning who were supposedly supporting her we're really trying to rip her down. We're trying to make mm-hmm. it worse for her um, and get that drama. You know, I don't know if you, did you notice that that was like happening at the time? Do you remember that far back or were you paying attention to that?
2: Um, I think I missed a, probably a good hunk of it. Like I said, I'm late to a lot, but I know your YouTube video documenting it really helped me. And I think what, you know, sunk it for me as far as like, you know, cause I'm a person where I'm like, okay, like everybody makes mistakes. Are you capable of like learning from your mistake? Like, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be embarrassed. It's okay to like, I was okay with Allie yelling at me, go away. And I was like, oh, they're embarrassed, like whatever. But when I started to look into it more, I mean, just all the other things that were going on with Allie on the internet, not just about P, I like I was really like taken back. Like, I was like, wait a minute. I thought Ally stood for this, that, and the third. And then it turns out they're doing this, that, and the third. And it really shocked me. Like, I was like, whoa, 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 this is not the person that I thought I was following or mutuals with on my previous TikTok. And I was like, and I think the most concerning part was how Ally treated people off of TikTok. Who they were offline. I, can, I was so shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I said, this is not the person we perceive on TikTok, you know, saving people from spiritual psychosis, et cetera, et cetera. This is not who they are at all. And that's when I was like done. But yeah, I think um I didn't really get any wind of like burners as far as people um antagonizing Allie. But I noticed that, yes, Allie was like running conspiracies. And I don't know if it was like, just cause they were like paranoid, but yeah, they were all mostly just like theories, like right off the top of their brain. Like Allie to me always comes off as someone who talks first and thinks later. And then they're like, oops, you know? So not even. Um, yeah, she's, <laughs> she's like a, she's just a, a loose cannon. She's just going to and that's it. And I think w- your video on your YouTube really helps show that there was a lot of behind the scenes that you don't think when you watch Allie's videos that she's doing but she does. And it just, it comes off as hypocritical because how are you gonna get upset about these people questioning what you're talking about, what you're doing, but then you go and you find people, you get in their comments and you do the same exact thing.
0: Are you tired of feeling unsafe online? Do you want to learn how to protect yourself from cyberbullying, doxing, and other forms of online harassment? Then look no further than Doxed the Podcast. Visit the website doxedthepodcast.com to sign up for the Doxed free ebook full of helpful tips and resources for online safety. Plus, when you sign up, you'll receive the weekly newsletter with the latest updates on upcoming content. There are many ways to connect with Doxed, including Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Discord. Have a story to share or feedback to give? Use the contact form on the site to reach out or leave a voice message to be featured on the show. And for exclusive content, subscribe to the Doxed Supercast to gain access to the private podcast feed with member-only exclusives. Take control of your online safety and join the Doxed community today.
2: I just don't, and even worse, I just don't get it that only you know it's like only Allie's allowed to talk about Pete only Allie's allowed to be the victim only Allie is allowed to harass people if not it's all a big conspiracy conspiracy it's all AMW it's all Roxy I like even when they were on live and accused um the CPS thing on everybody I was like what are they talking about
3: yeah
1: you know and I was like yes on each other that makes zero sense to anyone <laughs> Any normal person, that makes no sense. Really?
2: Yeah. And the only one discussing CPS was them. So.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of projection and I do think I saw it earlier on. I think I did see it as, because I've never been in a situation like this before. So I was like, is Ali just like super Machiavellian with some of the stuff that's going on? And are we all playing 5D chess? And kind of the longer it went on, and especially toward the end, I started to realize that and when i said i made some comment about a disorganized brain and i think everybody took that as like me calling her stupid and what i meant though was not that it was that she her thoughts don't go in like a linear order and it wasn't it wasn't like a machiavellian plan especially not at the end it was like somebody that was kind of unraveling and becoming really paranoid and yeah I think that was, that was aided and abetted by the followers, which is so nefarious because the whole time they were like, we care so much about her. We all we're trying to do is reach her and we're trying to make sure she's okay. And I think maybe a few of them thought that's what they were doing, but there was bad actors in there who were, the whole point was for them to spin her up and get her, you know, go get the police to her house or something. It was just not. um, Yeah. Well,
2: you know, I think as followers, they get addicted to the drama too. And then you become accustomed to it. Like, you know what to expect, like from this creator and what they're going to post. And I saw actually a lot of her followers asking her to move on, which I'm wondering if they got blocked or what happened there, um, because Allie was definitely blocking people left and right. And her following was going down. So I don't know if people were unfollowing or she was blocking but I saw at one point before she lost her two accounts, her following was asking her to stop. I even saw Pixie Frogs in the comments, which is normally her ride or die, boo, um, say like, actually, Ally, you should stop. This is going to make it worse. Mm-hmm. This does count as doxing, harassment. And did Ally listen? No. You know? Um, and yeah, um, I don't think calling her disorganized, having disorganized brain is calling her stupid. If she perceived it that way, that maybe just because that's how she's perceived herself or what has been said to her before. Um, so it was maybe a trigger, but yeah, I mean, she's all over the place. One minute she's here, one minute she's there and yeah, it was becoming, um, super like hyper paranoia. And at that point, I her following her own following was asking her to move forward or do whatever she has to do to move forward that included a a break if that included that but they were
1: they were tired they were like come on another one you know yeah I think everybody was tired but that was also I mean she was the only call out account really involved in the mess and so I think a lot of our followers were tired from the start like please immediately don't talk about this you know but to Uh to even get to the point where her followers were like, okay, this is not good. This is not healthy. People were sounding the alarm throughout. There was always, I think people kind of sloughing away as it went on because it just got more and more. And I do think that TikTok kind of hides it with its nonlinear format. And so then it becomes like maybe a responsibility of the audiences. If they want to be ethical audiences, you know, turns out there's ethics to being, uh, a follower of some of these influencers and like giving them your arms, your power, you, you maybe have yeah. to think about what you're doing before, you know, all the information. Like there were so many people that came into my comments that were accusing me of things that I, that never happened. You have blood on your hands. You know, I got a lot of like, you, you killed this person comments. I got a lot of, um, you're in psychosis. You're a narcissist. You're a, um, you know, you've spread these harmful beliefs about NPCs. No, I never did that. That's not even my kind of content. And I know that it was people who were ultimately, some of them gullible, some of them were just scrolling around because of the nature of the app. It's an entertainment app. And they just found Mm -hmm. one video by Ali and they're like, no, I'll get my rocks off. Just whatever, going, clicking through one click and then make my comment on whatever Ali generally. But suddenly on my end, it's like hundreds of people are dogpiling me about lies and it's gaslighting. It is, if you don't understand it is because you're just- Thinking, Allie's right. I get why you're why my response of like you're being abusive is weird, and you think that you're right, but like it's there's a responsibility there. I think of the audience to to think about what are you actually contributing your power to because your face is not in it. It's like on behalf of Allie, which could be damaging to Allie, could be damaging to people because Allie's lying to you or ref- unframing things wrong. Yeah, I think there are definitely people that cared about
3: Allie's mental health or people that cared about our mental health. And I think the people that really cared kind of dipped out. They said their piece and dipped out really early on. I also think, and I know this is going to sound like a tinfoil hat thing. I think there's a very specific group of people, very dedicated to seeing someone, anyone involved, absolutely break down. Yes. I don't yes. think it mattered who it could have been. Ali could have been me. could have been Jane. There's a, there's a, a core group of people absolutely committed to seeing any one of us fall apart.
2: I, I, I absolutely agree there. Like you guys were saying, it's drama farming. Um, at some point, all the drama became my six o'clock AM news with my coffee. So yeah. if you could imagine, and me personally, like I, I cared I cared that Allie would stop doing this mm-hmm. for her own mental sanity. I cared about everybody else that was involved because from a distance, you know, like Ali's hurting people. These people are hurt. It's not that hard to understand their feelings or take a time to reflect on that. Like you're angry right now. Okay. Go process that anger and come back and communicate in private. But yeah, I think there's people that just don't give a F and they just want to watch. I call them the watchers. You know, they just want to watch and they will Antagonized till it goes down or someone absolutely loses it
1: yeah yeah and I think with the memes there's a line between funny because either the person making the meme is using humor to heal or because like other people need humor in this it was a very dark time in some ways and then there's like mean and then there's like piling on and there's a fine line I think it has almost to do with like an energetic balance because there's a lot of people's takes and perspectives and then it can, it can range into, you know, what is accountability? Is it really just like punishing someone until they can't stand to even be in the space or, but I do also think there's like, like you were, you, some of the content you were putting out was some of the most healing to me because I, I was even feeling addicted to the drama of it in the sense that I was even wrapped up in it. And, and, you know, you can't look away. It's like a, it's like a train wreck that you're watching. Like, And especially when you're in the middle, I felt at some points like there's this like 360 true crime docuseries going on around me and I'm in the middle of it. You know, some of your content, for example, turned it into a lighter energy where I could I could laugh. And some of the biggest belly laughs that I shared with friends (laughs) behind the scenes, not at the expense of Ali, but just like turning this horrible thing of like she's trying to in, in this one case of the dad thirst traps, trying to use her father to to make me feel you know, like intimidated and then it turns around and it's like this hilarious thing that I can belly laugh at the next day. And that was like the way that I survived in some ways. So, you know, you specifically, but there's also this space for like healing laughter, I think in these things that just, everybody's got to contribute. Well, yeah. And, And I think it got, it got so serious.
2: And I just remember at one point, multiple people messaging me all the time, like every day, excuse me I just burped um messaging me every day um that they're scared and I was like I I mean every day it was somebody new messaging me talking about they're scared watch your back and I was just like I at some point I had enough and I pulled out you know my my you know human trafficking rage and like you know my survivor mode and I was like what the hell are we scared of this bitch excuse my language um and so then I was like that's it I was like you want my address Allie (laughs) like I was just done with it and then I I did like a quick search and I noticed yeah yeah there were a lot of accounts that would screen record her or um, post like bad things that she would say as proof like yeah see here here's where she said it even though she said she didn't say it Mm -hmm. and that's when I was just like that's enough like we're meaning this and at some point I couldn't even watch Allie and take it seriously like I was just like she's losing it and this is low-key funny like I'm not laughing at her pain or getting off on it but when she you know just like certain things she would say like her key phrases like I just was yeah. like that's it like, you know? like, I was like yeah well, I she's can't
1: very very memeable like to be to give her some credit she's a pretty funny person when she's like in a, in a certain way in this kind of context like the wig it's all kind of like this wild show and it's this sort of ritual and it becomes like somebody's almost I see why she's a comfort creator because there's things about her that feel that are just they are they're very memeable yeah yeah I think there's a line between what's really just harmful and what's uh bringing le- bringing power back to people that got disempowered basically um.
2: Yeah, I even noticed some of, you know, Ali's following, they were getting a good chuckle, even though they were like, what is this, you know, but mm-hmm. they were even like, Oh, my God, it's sometimes you need that you need a break, you know, from that type of stuff. And I just, you know, I was like, that's it. Like, I'm done. I'm done with Ali. I'm just gonna meme her like, I'm over it, and that's just—I just took off, and that was it. And the, yeah, the whole dad, the battle of the dads. <laughs> like I was like, oh, okay,
3: the,
1: the battle Todd of the lore. dads. Like, yeah, deep cut, creamiest <laughs> lore so good. Yeah, what well, you know, I just...
3: noticed that like when we did cross that point, we crossed the threshold of like, you know what, we do need a laugh. That threshold was a—it took a long time to step over that. But I noticed that when I crossed that line into like, you know what? I need a laugh. I've I've been accused for three months of having burner accounts. Let me go ahead and make one and have my fun too. And yep. I made my subreddit, my empty subreddit for a truckle, Ali Sharts on Colts. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's like it's not not. And funny that was though. like the biggest offense. I lost friends over that. And I'm like, I was accused of calling CPS and having autistic mothers' children taken from them. But ally Sharts on Cults is like <laughs> the, the greatest sin ever committed. I'm proud of that subreddit. I'm proud of it. <laughs> it was the mug. The mug did it all. <laughs> also, I got accused of doing the mug. You know, I'm not going to take credit for someone else's art. That was a masterpiece and I did not create it.
2: That, that yeah, that that whole thing was hilarious. I couldn't with the topics. <laughs>
1: it was Uh, though, and and you had to live through it like i tried to show some of these memes to. i tried to show the original todd thirst trap meme to like three different people in my real life nobody got it everybody just was like okay good for you i think yeah (laughs) i think it it was very
3: niche like you had
2: to be either a involved or be following every word for word of the back and forth yeah. if you didn't it wasn't for you yeah. you know and and right before Allie got banned she mentioned it mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god she mentioned save Todd and I was like yes. and I started it you know um, because <laughs> I actually was concerned for Todd it yeah. started on my original account before I created the burner
1: yeah Um.
2: and then everyone was like make a burner fuck it and I was like okay like, it, you know, when I started one, um, but yeah, like, because she's like ranting about her conspiracy to her father and I, her father just checks out and like dissociates like in a flashback. <laughs> and like, I was just like, is Todd Okay like I wonder what he's thinking about like is he thinking about like all his parenting mistakes is he thinking about when Allie was just a baby I is I he, think he thinking his about his time
1: back
3: in NOM like yeah <laughs> you know like what's happening there so
2: <laughs> then it was like save Todd you know and then it just it took off from there and I mean it was hilarious but the whole save Todd thing is like your dad's a person. Do I dare say it that he's a human? He's a human being. And I'm sure he never thought that this would happen in his journey. We all don't think that, you know, as parents, like what's going to happen. We worry about our kids, but we're like, we don't know what's going to happen. And here he is in the middle of this mix with Allie and her TikTok drama and he's just—it's overwhelming, probably—and um, and everything else that's going on in her life or has happened. And he's always been there. And it was one thing—I've never seen Allie talk crap about her dad. She does say that her dad is a good dad. He's loving and everything. And you know, it, that's exactly what it is. Okay, respect your dad. Save Todd. Respect his parenting. You're under his roof. Respect the hours of sleep. Get off TikTok Live and stop doing all this if if you really feel that all this drama is causing your family harm why are you doing it
1: yeah
2: and you also, know and that uh, he was once hot he was he was once a, <laughs> a good looking man okay so <laughs> and Allie doesn't take it doesn't you know I get it. it's her parent ew you know ew, that's my dad but I mean
1: he's not our dad you know <laughs> yeah uh, the, the other reason that you know, it's important to remember he's a humanist just because she was really kind of, she was dipping into the very overused term, legal territory, right? Like, like we were getting into these spaces where it was like, "Allie, no, like you can't post that. And so there was a point where it was just like, you know, your parents are kind of letting this go. And then there was, it seemed disturbing that they were in a way, but I have no idea what the situation was in their house, who, the, who they are. And I even do regret like, um... I don't regret bringing up politics in this situation because I think it has everything to do with it. And I know that lost me a lot of social points to do. I do regret, even though she brought these people in, I I didn't mean to really put them on blast and they are just a family. So at the end of the day, if I ever had a chance to, I think I would apologize specifically to the parents for like in any way really escalating that, even though I just have to be adamant that like I did not bring them in. But, you know, what if they lost their house because their their daughter was being irresponsible on TikTok? Everybody was just feeding it. You know, I think part of Save Todd is like, let's, let's return to some level of normalcy. Like, this is absurd and this is going way past the line, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's like, Allie didn't have to bring your dad into it, but I guess
2: she felt because, you know, her dad was already on her TikTok, She would bring her dad into it. She was going to bring somebody else's dad into it, and you know, it's just at the end of the day, parents have really nothing to do. I guarantee Todd probably doesn't know half the stuff Allie's doing on Tiki Y and I'm sure he found out real quick. And and you have to remember, like they're from a different generation, so for them to really understand what's going on is like next level. Also yeah i mean when things started hitting the legal territory even i was getting threats like take your videos down this is all super um legal you're gonna get on the case like and i was just like added to
1: the case yeah i got some of those messages too just like you've been added to the legal case okay good
3: (laughs) it's almost like if she said legal case legal case legal case enough times that she would like summon a legal case. It was just never going to happen. It was well, never, a thing. it's
1: because I called her bluff because the first thing is she started to like imply that there was some sort of legal case against me in order to get me to stop talking. And I was like, I dare you. And so then it just became this entire spiral, which is, and, and it's funny and it's not funny. It's funny because I'm trying to take back my goddamn power about this travesty of a situation. Mm-hmm. It's not funny because it was like, a very chaotic, harmful mess. And it was harmful to Allie. And I, and I did think even at the, because I was being totally traumatized by her. I thought at the time, you know, all I could see was, was her, the harmful one. And now I'm just understanding more at, with space about the followers being like having a lot of control over that balance and for better or for worse, because we all really threw that kind of like all that memeing and the burners like controlled the whole I don't know, like the feeling of what was going on, even day to day. That's a lot of power for people who don't even have faces necessarily on their profiles to hold, you know? Yeah. And I feel like the most harmful people
3: from her platform, my hope was that deplatforming her meant that her weapon, which was her followers, would disperse. And they mostly did, but I feel like the most harmful ones just like congregated in a different space with the same goal and the same mindset, same attitude, same action, same everything. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I, I notice um, uh, pixie frogs is kind of like, there seems to be like an emptiness there, but almost like they want to pick up where Allie left off, but then it's almost like they don't either because they realize it is too much. And I noticed, I don't know if I'm blocked, but uh, I don't see their account anymore.
1: Oh, I haven't checked recently, but I mean, I hope they're okay. You know, yeah. so a, just I, from one human to another, like this has been really helpful yeah. and a lot of people involved already have a lot of mental health challenges. So yeah, I just hope- I think they know.
2: their last video, they mentioned they wanted a break, that they were done. But I think their last video was calling out that Ali starts a cult merch. Which was hilarious. I mean, come on, guys. Yeah, you can't uh, yeah. yeah.
1: And also like it was it was done by Rolling Rosemary, who is somebody who really was like driven to tears. And and that's another with people not seeing, you know, not understanding that things are real on TikTok. One thing that people really don't understand is real is tears. And, mm-hmm. and sometimes tears aren't real, as we've seen with Allie. Like there was a hilarious lack of tears, you know, but but it was it was clearly faked. Yeah, like she walked off at one point in one of the lives. I wish I got it. I didn't get it recorded, but I saw it. And I, what, uh, at one point she walked off the corner of the screen, she dumped water on her face and then came back on and acted like she was sobbing and then kept forgetting oh. to sniffle. And she had no snot in her nose at all. Like she literally walked off, dumped water on her face, came back. That's fake tears. Then there's people who are really coming on here, like either because they were bullied into an apology or not even in this situation, this is across all of TikTok. And that's the drama farming. It's like to to target these most vulnerable people for their different levels of marginalization and lack of community support and get them to cry and then be like, you're faking, you're not really sad. You're not punished enough. And, And that's some horrific horrific stuff to do to somebody who's are and you're picking them because they're in a vulnerable position and I think that that partly even played into Allie being a target for some of this because there's this level of like she's a lot like Donald Trump except for she's a woman so Mm -hmm. she self-identifies as autistic and and that's you know what it is but she she self-identifies as neurodivergent she's working she's at home staying with her parents she doesn't seem like she has a huge support system to my knowledge of friends i can see how and 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 what she did was wrong it's full stop i can see how she was easier to take down and people relished taking her down not because of not because she did something wrong but because she was a woman and there was a good mm-hmm. excuse to beat a woman into the ground which is an ugly side effect of what happened and and it was like no matter what those people will win because somebody uh, gets to be beat into the ground was the reason for them even being here, not because they were on spiritual TikTok and cared about social justice ever.
2: Right. Yeah. No. And then that it's like at the end of the day, you know, uh, can you really stop someone from being on online? I mean, Ali is entitled to have their social media, their opinions, their thoughts, just like anyone else. But when you start hurting other people, that's when you've crossed a line. And if so many people are telling you, hey, you hurt me, hey, you hurt me, when do you look at yourself and say, okay, I'm wrong here. And I think it was important for Allie to get checked by Aunt Karen and someone bigger than her because Allie um, likes to f- to fight people kind of like on the equal playing field or somewhere right around there yeah. of the TikTok verse. And no one larger has ever come in and said, Hey, what are you doing? Um, so I think it was important for someone to kind of like that was unbiased to come in and say something's going on here. And I'm glad that aunt Karen finally said, oh, "Are you're going to appear in the the TikTok court or not. And I called it, I knew it. I was willing to bet money on it, that Allie wouldn't appear. And it seems like the only people who don't appear on Aunt Karen's TikTok court are people who are absolutely did something that they are embarrassed of. And they know it and they're conscious of it. The people who do appear, I feel like they get caught up in some internet shenanigans and just shit happens. And it's not necessarily that they did it on purpose or... They're just there and they're just rolling with it, you know, and they'll, they'll get on, Aunt Karen's, but like people uh, on Karen's TikTok court, but people who, who I feel are very conscious and scared of the repercussions or it to air out will not appear. They will play games on Karen back and forth, back and forth.
1: That's interesting. And I mean, you describe that and it's, it's unfortunately similar rhetoric that she and her followers use against me. Like when there's a certain level of people ratioing you. It's time to take a step back. Only, it's like in my case, that was not accurate just because it had been misrepresented by the larger creators. So there's a level of responsibility there. And what I do like about Karen's court, even though it's a social court, you know, and so that can that can lead to big mistakes. There's like just a responsibility overall. Hopefully for her to kind of do her due diligence, you know, but to even give a space for people to voice. Their, their counterpoints about whatever's going on in kind of an equal, somewhat level grounded space where both sides can kind of share different perspectives. That's very different than just being judge, jury, and executioner as a Kala creator. Those are two yeah. approaches.
2: Yeah, I've been a on Karen uh, King Janti follower for since the beginning, like when I first got on TikTok. So I've watched like the whole evolution of their content. I've always, I mean, you know, and on Karen, when she's wrong, she admits she's wrong, but she gets a lot of heat all the time. People disagree with her all the time and that's fine. Um, Everyone's entitled to their opinion, their thoughts. They don't have to like her, you know, but at the end of the day, I love Karen's court it's like a new thing. I love it. I watch it all the
1: time. (laughs) Is it a new thing? I wasn't following her before this situation. And she did seem to get a lot of heat just from my cursory observations. And even the fact that, you know, Allie dragged her sister into it and dragged her child into it within just like she made one video. I guess it was after she did the live and then Allie made like 20 videos about her sister and her child. That's an example of just way over the line don't do yeah. that to people, you know, Yeah, whatever, just <laughs> that's a lot of heat for just forgiving a, a playing field for people to express what's going on.
2: Yeah. And, you know, I also think like one of the most unfair, like ridiculousness that's happened during all of this is all of the heat that Roxy has taken, um, because they're just Roxy and that upsets me, you know, just like it, it just, it really like, I was like, what is going on with this? And it, it just, it's not right. None of it was right. You know? And, and honestly, like, should Allie have a TikTok again? Obviously they can create another TikTok, you know, and that's within their business, but should they behave that way again? Online? No. Do they need to be bringing up anybody else's deceased loved one? Yeah. No and when it comes to internet safety um if allies really that concerned with their family their dad not being brought into it their their the legality of it number 1 stop posting your legal name on tiktok yeah if you're really terrified of being doxxed don't ever post your your real identity there's people that get on tiktok they never show their face you can wear a mask you can come up with a costume and still discuss all your points if you're really that paranoid or scared. never give your address, never give your location, your city, your state. Sometimes, unfortunately though, accents, regional accents are identifiable. But in Allie's case, I don't really think hers is identifiable. But, uh, you know, it's like, don't put your family members online. Have a rule about it. Pause, remake the video. Don't have your family online. If you're really that concerned about being harassed or bothered, because once you post it on the internet, it's over. And anybody can say anything the same way she can say anything and have her two cents about anybody. So if you are really that concerned, think twice and look up internet safety. If you're truly worried about someone stalking you, spend the money and get a VPN, protect your IP address, take those internet safety steps and say, I don't need to be Allie online. I'll be Rebecca. You know what I'm saying? So it just all comes off as a little naive, foolish, and uh, contradictory when it comes to Allie always crying and playing the victim to me.
3: But she also like reveled in being an influencer and wanted to be known and seen and wanted to take up that space. And the fear of being stalked, the fear of all of that, I'm not saying that's like totally invalid. But how scared can you really be of people digging up your family's information when you do the exact same thing with the intent to scare people, with the intent to stir up your followers to do your dirty work for you? If you're going to do that to people, be ready for people to do the exact same thing to you. That's right. That's
2: right. Yeah, you can't, you can't think that you're the only one that can do it and maybe just because it's not as public you know what I mean like you're not going to get caught doing it oh yes you will what comes to the light what you do in the dark comes to the light everyone makes mistakes and I get that Allie really wanted to be an influencer and maybe Allie didn't think that any of this would happen you know but you live and you learn and um, if Allie's out there somewhere listening right now definitely take the steps to learn about internet safety next time if you're really that paranoid uh, you know i grew up when the internet first started aol chat rooms aim um a slash s slash l you know i was only 13 years old in the chat room no, um, I remember yeah. those. yeah people could find you then <laughs> like we're silly we're we're you know we're naive we're foolish and we didn't think nothing could happen to us but then as it progressed with Craigslist and everything like that, we find out it's not so safe to sell your furniture on Craigslist, right? Because we now we got a Craigslist killer. I get it that some creators go for like, I'm, I'm just this person and oh well. You know, but to me, it's like, what is Ali so scared of? If someone doxes me, I'm like, okay, cool. You got my address. You know what I mean? The, I think the scariest type of doxing are the people who docs with intent to really show up and it's like it's about hate over your your ethnicity your race that's scary as f or it's about your gender or whatever but yeah I mean for I mean for Ali, I'm like well you put your name online what do you think was going to happen you know if they if you're if your following gets angry at you what do you think they're going to do they're going to start looking at investigating you and what you're about And if you don't have nothing to hide, well, then it's over. It's done. But if you have something to hide, then they're going to find
1: it eventually. Yeah. And I think there's also a difference between influencers should have every right to speak up and demand that there's a space without people just attacking them, like objects that can't feel pain. That's different than an influencer just you either even disagreeing with them, even like Even raising your voice or having some kind of like tone or whatever that's something that, if you're an influencer, you should just expect. Like, people are going to come at you with high level energy, they're going to come at you with anger, they're going to be upset, they're going to think you're wrong, they're going to think you hurt them. And you have to like react to that, you have to be able to either address it or somehow evaluate, decide what you're going to do with that information. It seemed like Uh, it seemed like really untenable, unsustainable for somebody with 500,000 followers to react to every single disagreement with anything they said, even if it was the most polite, um, like I'm thinking even like Rolling Rosemary, like the initial interaction, which was screen capped or whatever, was DMs where she was just reaching out and trying to politely call her in. And even that was met with just like a, a very intense reaction as if, Rosemary had tried to hurt her in the first place that's not sustainable I think when it's 500,000 followers or when it's even any kind of large following you just yeah there's a difference between that and like this level where people are like I'm going to come to your house and I'm going to try to you know overwhelm you with followers and I'm going to try to intimidate you or whatever two different things yeah
2: and and yeah I I think just like I think to some level yeah like the whole like doxing creators has to stop it does I mean, and and Tofia, I get it. Everyone's mad at Tofia, you know, and this is a whole other creator. But what they did to Tofia is wrong. It was it was wrong. And I get it. We don't know all of Tofia's business, even though the internet claims they know all of it. We really don't. But to further harass somebody who's going through something with their family and financial issues just for entertainment, or as Allie would say, for sport that's not okay. And that's kind of like what some of is following does because they're just there just like how they were for Ali. They're just there for the mental breakdown for when it goes down and they contribute to that mental breakdown. And that's just not okay. And you know, there's something about how social media is evolving where this is like, this is the thing that people are doing and it is scary it is terrifying it's not okay you know but uh, at the end of the day people you need to protect their identity online and and how to do that and you live and you learn and sometimes like we get online we don't think that kind of stuff is going to happen but it does and that's that's that is scary but yeah I mean I hope that Allie learns if she chooses to come back on, learns from certain mistakes and has a chance to reflect and um, critique what went wrong.
1: Yeah, but I think that's probably a good place to end it because we've been on a while, but I appreciate your perspective so, so much. Shadow, you're my favorite.
2: Oh my goodness. (laughs) Previous
1: (laughs) memes, so good.
2: Save Todd, everybody, for life. Save Todd 2023. Todd for president. (laughs)
3: I really, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. And also I want to thank you personally for helping me finding, find a way to laugh through some of the darkest moments of this whole thing.
2: Oh, well, thanks guys. You know, I'm just, I'm a nobody. Thank you for talking to me as well. um, And sending all the messages that you did online um, and helping me understand your guys's perspective because I had no idea what's going on and like I said I'm really nobody in this but you're an um,
1: icon <laughs> oh my goodness to be
2: honest. Uh, but you know it's just and but at the same time you know I I do feel that um it's time to move forward and I'm glad that I got everyone to chuckle um at first I I was like am I being inappropriate you know but I was like, fuck it. I'm inappropriate. Oh, well, <laughs> I, don't
1: think you went, I don't think you crossed the line and I don't ever, I didn't want it to be cruel the whole time. And I don't think you crossed a line. I think it was so helpful. And so it was just such a breath of fresh air. So yeah, I think we're all thankful to you. All the people that were like really affected by this, I think are very thankful to you. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, th- thank you guys for, for, um, also, you know, listening to me and, um, and trusting me with everything that you guys, uh, told me and, you know, um, yeah, I'll ne- this will go down in top five internet history moments for me <laughs> personally. So it's an honor because I'm just nosy. Yeah. <laughs> I just for well. myself right in.
0: <laughs> Thank you for listening. Find additional content at doxedthepodcast.com.